From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Here we go. It is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. This is VSIN, the sports betting network. He's smiling over there in Jersey. I'm sure he's happy to be home as we, what is it, Labor Day 2022. Also, Michael Lombardi, today is known as, wait, there's seriously only three g- days to go until we kick off the NFL season, which, of course, down the no, road here no. at SoFi with the Bills and Rams. What's going on, man? No, no. Today is known as they're all going home today, Patrick. That's today. Today, everybody goes home. The line to get out of Ocean City, to get off this island will be insane this is labor day weekend billy joel had a great song he called his famous last words where he talks about all these resort towns where people leave and they hang the sheets on the chandeliers and that's what's going to happen here so we get the town back starting tomorrow which will be fun and then we have football on thursday i mean this is the greatest time of the year i can't be happier and, of course, one more to go with Clemson, Georgia Tech there in Atlanta to close out week one of a wild roller coaster in college football. But just quickly, a callback on what you just said. There isn't going to be one last bash there in Ocean City today for Labor Day? It's going to be one tonight. Well, yeah, Labor Day. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be one tonight. Yeah, of course we're oh, going to yeah. have one. So of you, course, so you it's going to be yeah. lit. Your man will be show in the backyard up. Your man with... will show yeah, of course, he'll show up. He'll sit down in a chair. He'll make somebody will make him a drink, and he'll orchestrate everything around, and then life goes on. Yeah, well, no, it'll be well, fun. Yeah, I, I do it's have a question. It's the best time of the year. Go I ahead. do have a question about that because we've got a thread going with Chick Jack and your boy Berman, and of course you. And over the weekend, Berman was literally just sending us pictures of him dressed in drag. Um, I know this oh, is a family God. show, but can you help me understand what was going on there? 
Well, I mean, look, it, look it, 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 it is <laughs> so bad. I mean, they have this fantasy draft. They have this fantasy draft, and for their fantasy draft, all his friends from high school, college, whatever, they all come together in Ocean City, and they have a theme. And this year's theme was 70s disco. So they all dressed up in the 70s disco look. And then they go out after the draft. They go out into the Summers Point, the neighboring little towns that have bars, and they wear their wigs, their fake mustaches, and they just go out. And, you know, and I just shake my head. I mean, Big Daddy Vince (laughs) ran into them over there. They they ran Uh their – I don't go. I'm not in this group. This is not my group. I don't go. Okay, for those new to the show, of course, Berman is Michael's neighbor and the king of Ocean City, New Jersey. BDV is the number one Packers fan and Michael's cousin. Yeah. Okay, let's get yeah, started. We got I don't them all know coming it, tonight. Okay, we got well, them all coming tonight. I, 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 I look forward I'll, I'll to hearing it about for it. you. I look yeah. forward to seeing videos. M. Lombardi NFL, make sure you post them. Um, just quickly, Clemson, Georgia Tech, as I mentioned, closing out week one. Michael, this number opened as low as 18. We got up as high as 24. And now we've hit back down to 23 and a half. Let's wait and delve into that game in just a little bit. Cause we have to start with Brian Kelly's debut as the LSU oh head coach last night. I mean, oh my gosh. I, it, as far as drama closing off a Sunday night, heading into labor day, it doesn't get much better than that. You had essentially a walk off on a block extra point. You had a special oh teams God. nightmare and meltdown. You know, what's meltdown. interesting. You know what's interesting about the LSU special teams, and this is floating around social media, the one assistant that followed Brian Kelly from Notre Dame to LSU, special teams coordinator, meltdown last night. Yeah, I think Notre Dame fans felt the same way about their special teams. Brian Polian, the son of Bill Polian, unfortunately had a bad night last night. And what's concerning from Brian's standpoint is you get that field goal blocked earlier in the game, and then you think you're going to get that fixed, and then all of a sudden you get another kick blocked. I mean, that can't happen. You're either coaching it or allowing it to happen, and that can't happen. But look, I think there's a broader picture here, Patrick. I think this plays into our week one handicapping. I think special teams is going to determine a few of these games on Saturday, on Sunday and Thursday night. I think there's not enough attention because of the shorter practices, because of the lack of contact. I think special teams has a huge role. Onside kicks become prevalent this time of the year. So I, I think that that game should serve as a reminder to all head coaches, all 32 of them, hey, we got to nail down this kicking game because this can be a way to lose, as Brian Kelly did in his debut. And it's funny, the line, what, was two and a half, and it worked up to four? I mean, if Kelly kicks the field goal and makes the extra point, he wins by four. Yeah, it's fascinating. By the way, there's your VEASAN Pro tip for the hour. You get 20 across the board here when you become a VEASAN Pro subscriber over at VEASAN.com. And really, it's so important. If you ask Bill Belichick, he'd probably say it's the most important aspect of the game of football, and that is special teams. Don't sleep on special teams metrics when handicapping. No doubt. And, and you've got to look into it and you've got to cover the details. And I think because of the lack of tackling, because of the physicality in pro and in college, you know, the return game is so important. You know, the return game becomes so important. How did, Where do you get the ball at the 40? I mean, you know, look, the other thing is game management. I thought Mike Norvell, when they got the punt back, right, when, when the kid fumbled the second punt of the night and they got the ball, what was it, at the five? Yeah, right, right there. It was at the five-yard line with, what, 140 to go in the game? If he nails well, I, down three times. Yes, and kicks the kicks the field goal, it's an onside kick game. 
the touchdown really doesn't matter. It does and it doesn't. It you know it's an what you the job of the head coach is to make it an onside kick game, a two score game, right? So not only does Notre Dame have to drive it down the field, they also got it, the odds of that are pretty slim. The way Notre Dame drove, I mean, excuse me, LSU about Brian Kelly I slipped, but the way LSU took forever to make it twenty four to seventeen, could there have been a slower uh, two minute drive than what LSU had in that twenty four seventeen one? Well. A couple things here. What you talked about yesterday on the weekend edition of the Lombardi line was so many transfers for Brian Kelly at LSU, a new program. Was this team going to be prepared? Were they ready to gel? They certainly weren't because it was mistake after mistake. Let me walk you through what you're talking about. And then I want you to pick it up with your mind, kind of what both teams should have done. Okay. Remember 24, 17 LSU is down seven with two twenty to go a muff punt. Florida state recovers the punt. Third and goal, Florida State, a goal line pitch, fumbles the football, Ward, the running back, LSU recovers, they drive, they score, touchdown, and then again, FSU with the block on the extra point attempt. So let's back up a little bit. The muff punt, how about the pitch, Florida State on Why? third and goal? Did you have an Why issue with that? Why would we that? do that? Why would we do that? Why? I mean, see, this whole generation forgets Joe Pisarczyk and Larry's and, and the, the fumble in the Meadowlands that... That, that that allowed Herm Edwards to pick the ball up and the, and the Eagles to make their first playoff game under Dick Vermeil. I mean, you can't do something like that. You can't you can't flip the ball there. There's no advantage. Seven is three is as good as seven. Now I know there's a strong movement out there that three points are meaningless. I get that. But it, when you could make that a two point game, if he just kneels it down and centers the ball, so you're going to make the kick, you're winning the game. Why would you risk a pitch? It, it doesn't make any sense. Why would you risk it? Like, play the odds. Be control. I mean, if you're Mike Norvell and you're on the headset, no, we're not running that. No, no, we're not running that. Just kneel down. Just center the ball. They, yeah, I know he could. He had three timeouts. Who cares? He's got to get two scores. He's got to get the onside kick, and he's got to make a field goal. That's not going to happen. So the pitch was a big-time question, and then LSU and Jaden Daniels. Listen, Brian Kelly is going to lose his freaking mind all year with Jaden Daniels because he is one of those that is so enticing, Michael Lombardi, the Arizona State transfer. He's so enticing because he's so athletic, and at times he shows that arm talent, but he is so inconsistent, and you just watch the inconsistency of Daniels throughout the day. No doubt. I mean, and that drives you crazy because you can't – there's no predictability. I mean, the drive before the last drive – it took him forever. He's throwing flat routes. He's getting five yards at a clip. I think there was one time I said to Millie, he's got 11 attempts for 36 yards. This is a two-minute drive. You got to throw in cuts. You got to throw see. You got to get the ball down the field. If you're going to eat up as much clock as they did, you know you're really helping the defense. You're not helping yourself. So I thought it was bad. Look, I think Brian Kelly obviously is going to sit back down in his office today in Baton Rouge and and he's going to realize that the lack of detail that wasn't covered in that game falls on him. He's the head coach. It falls on his plate, and and he's got to fix it. But that game was there to be won. Also, he let the SEC down. Did you see the SEC was 13-0 and going yeah. into that matchup, LSU-Florida State? The one loss in conference was, of course, LSU goes down to ACC uh, and Florida State. It was, I mean, on the other side, for Norvell, Year three, this is important. When you get to year three, you're really starting to cycle through your recruits, and Norvell needs to put together a season here, and that's a big win for Florida State. 
I thought it was. I thought his team looks way better. I mean, as much criticism I'll give him on the on the the pitch, but I thought his team was better. I thought the quarterbacking was better. I thought their defensive front, as we talked about, was the strength of their team, and it looked like it last night. You know, so I think you know that's a huge win for them. I mean, the fact that they gave up that late drive. Uh, in the game where they basically went almost 99 yards down the field. That's disappointing. But you got to like Florida State's chances in the ACC. And tonight we'll find out how good Clemson really is. You know, we're going to find out, Willie, who is the best team in the ACC. And, you know, one thing about Manny Diaz, he recruited at Miami. And then, of course, Cristobal comes in. So they've got talent down there, too. So it looks like the looks like the ACC could be filled with some really good teams right now, assuming where we are with, with, uh, with Clemson tonight when we watch – as they go against Georgia Tech. Of course, your fourth betting favorite in the market, you can go DraftKings, you can go BetMGM to find it. Your fourth betting favorite in the market heading into the season for national championship behind the big three of Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State was Clemson at 10 to 1. You talked about the defensive front of Florida State. Clemson's got four pros across their defensive front. The question after a disappointing 9 and 3 season last year, Michael, we just have a minute here, so we'll come back and cap this game. But the big question is are they going to get going on offense? That was a dreadful yeah. offense last year for Clemson. Yeah, I mean, and look, I, I, how what how long of a rope? And we'll talk about does DJ have, or are they going to go to Klubnik, the the the, the highly touted uh, freshman that they got coming in? You know, that to me, that's going to come down to it. Can they compete at that level? It's going to come down to DJ. Yeah, Klubnik was a two-time Texas State champ, undefeated two years in a row. Just an absolute five-star stud, number one recruit at the position coming out. Uh, of the 2022 class. So DJ, as we like to call him, because that last name is a trip. DJ has to perform. It's yours. (laughs) Come back. (laughs) They're laying 23 and a half in Atlanta. We'll get to Clemson, Georgia Tech next here at Lombardi Line. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, 
We've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app. That's BetMGM Sports. Of course, the king of sportsbooks has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip ring. That's data sheet ID. You're ready to bet from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years or older. 1-800-522-4700. If you have a gambling problem, please gamble responsibly. When we talk about the VEASAN Pro package, and I heard from a lot of listeners via email about how much money they won over the weekend from the college football betting guide. Remember, when we say you get everything, you get everything, and it's just 70 cents a day. So get over there, VEASAN.com slash subscribe and become a VEASAN pro as we welcome you back. How was the Michael Lombardi there? I'm Patrick Maher here. This is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. How was the trip back for you and Millie uh, from visiting Jick Jack down in the bayou? It, it was smooth, Patrick. It was great. But I got to tell you, it would have been fun to watch that LSU-Florida State game in that book. I'm sure, as Jick Jack said to us via text today, that it was insane, you know, especially when the, the field extra point gets blocked, you know, and, and the emotion. There were so many Florida State, you know, were so close to Baton Rouge when we were there. So that, that book was just unbelievable, the height of, of the moment. And, you know, if you had an LSU ticket for four, you know, you're thinking, I could cash this. I win this by six in overtime. I got it, right? You know? Well, that is, and yeah, you, I mean, that you know, is the, that's the so height of so many other chances SEC. to win it. <laughs> yeah. Right. And plus, you're I right mean, there in LSU country at the bow. Yeah. I, and, and for me, this is another example of you handicapped the game. You know, did you mishandicap the game? Because if you took LSU, did you mishandicap the game because LSU lost? Or was it just the events that happened in the game? And I think it's more of things that weren't covered that you assumed Brian Kelly were going to get covered, especially in the kicking game. 
you know, and, and it took them a while to get going offensively. And to get not to get Bote the ball until the fourth quarter, I mean, that's almost malpractice, isn't it? Bute is, we talked about him yesterday in Jigba. You can put a couple others in the conversation, but the wide receiver there at LSU uh, may be the best in the country. And he's got Jaden Daniels, all the jokes across social today about him entering the transfer portal once he figured out what Jaden Daniels was like in game time. I mean, it's going to be for, for Bute, who's going to be a first round draft pick. That's going to be a long season with Jaden Daniels throwing him the football. Yeah. Okay. All over the place. All over. Yeah, he, yes, sir. He he really is. And I actually went to there where your son's going to be coaching at Allegiant Stadium. I went to the bowl game and it was Arizona State, I believe Wisconsin, and I saw Jaden Daniels in person and it was he, he was even more erratic in person. The body language yeah. was bad. Now, he was going to leave the program, so maybe there was a little bit of that built into it, but yeah, I I, I wouldn't be optimistic about the quarterback position there at LSU. Now, optimism yeah abounds as far as the quarterback position at Clemson. You mentioned DJ, but also Klubnik is there, the five-star recruit, number one, 2022 class. Let's get into this. I mentioned Clemson opened, you know, as low as 18 over at Circa. I believe a bet MGM had it open 19. This is going to be in Atlanta. This is Georgia Tech's backyard, of course. It's up to 24 as we got a peak and now back down to 23 and a half, a little buyback uh, on Georgia Tech. But this is, this is fascinating because Clemson, the expectations are sky high, Michael Lombardi, as they always are. But how about the disappointing 2021? Nine and three. They weren't even sniffing the college football playoff. They didn't even make an ACC championship game. So this is that was uncharted territory for Dabo and Clemson last year. Yeah, and, and you know, and then they lose Tony Elliott to Virginia, and then they lose Brent Venables to Oklahoma. So he's working with a completely new staff now, without really much continuity within the staff in terms of. DJ coming back, and DJ didn't play well. For all the stars he got coming out of high school, he didn't play well. And they walk into a situation where they open up against their ACC rival, Georgia Tech, who didn't play well at all last year. Yeah, I was surprised that Jeff Sims, the quarterback for Georgia Tech, didn't, didn't go in the portal. I was kind of surprised by that. You know, I, I know Georgia Tech's a great school academically, but I, the way he looked as a freshman – I would have thought he would have said, you know what, this program, I need to go somewhere. He didn't. Credit to him. He's going to stick it through, see if he can improve. They've changed offensive coordinators again at Georgia Tech. You know, this is a hard one to handicap because there's so many moving pieces on both sides that I thought the line would open up at least around 21, three touchdowns based on the way Georgia Tech played last year. But it's funny that I just said that because one of the rules I think you have to invoke in the week one of betting is – Forget about last year. Just forget about last year. I think I learned that with the Ohio State-Notre Dame game. Forget about last year. That momentum that Ohio State had in the Rose Bowl, it didn't carry over into week one. We can circle back on Clemson, but quickly with Jeff Collins, year four there at Georgia Tech, this could be ugly this year, Michael. This could be very ugly because they lost as much as anybody in the nation in the transfer portal. You lost a bunch of players in the transfer portal off a three and nine team. What is, I mean, seriously, what does that tell you? Including their number one one runner and Gibbs, uh, their second runner went to the NFL. So they have a lot of holes to fill. I mentioned year four of Jeff Collins. I would imagine this is it for him. If he doesn't show something four years at Georgia tech, it'll be interesting, but this is a team in Georgia tech that has an uphill battle in the ACC this year. No doubt, but last year they, they, their defense played against Clemson really well. I mean, they gave them a tough time. I mean, part of it was, you know, the problem. I, mean, I think they lost 14-8, to eight, and they had a chance to win the game. I mean, 
you know, they're going to have to rely on Jeff Sims to really play at this highest level. And based on what I've seen a little bit of Jeff Sims and DJ, Jeff Sims seems like the better player. I mean, this is a big game for Clemson. We know their front's good. We know their defense is good. They'll miss Venables, there's no doubt. They'll miss his adjustments during the game, there's no doubt. However, that being said, I want to see where they are offensively. I want to see if they have the kind of quarterback that can compete with these other elite teams. So Georgia and Tech, if they closed, don't, if they yeah. don't, Patrick, if they don't, when do they go to when do they go to Clint? What's interesting about Georgia Tech, you nailed it. They opened up, remember, in September and played Clemson very well. They lost 14 to 8. And then they closed the season, Georgia Tech, on a one and seven ATS run over the last eight overall. They got blanked by Clemson. They got blanked by Notre Dame to finish off the year. That's Georgia Tech. Now, let's talk about Clemson. Offense was terrible last year. 82nd nationally in points per game, a little over 26. They do return nine starters on offense. The problem with Clemson on offense outside of the quarterbacks, they just don't have a ton of explosion. Now, they have more explosion than what you're used to with like a Georgia Tech team or anybody else in the ACC because they are Clemson, but the Justin Rosses and some of those names are missing. The question I have for you is DJ and Klubnik. Now, what does Dabo do? This is a very fine balance as far as disrespecting DJ, who's going to be the starter, but also knowing you've got the number one recruit at the position and quarterback and Klubnik behind him. Well, I think he's got to make the best decision for the team. And if, if DJ struggles, I think he goes to Klubnik. And look, that's what the transfer portal's for. You know, that's what the, tra- I mean, there's no, you know, if DJ can't deliver, it's go to the next guy because he can transfer. He can go somewhere else. But they've got it. They should have a sense of this right now. I mean, I would suspect if you talk to anybody on Clemson's offensive staff or Dabo, they know where this thing's going to end up by midseason. And DJ didn't process. I didn't think he played fast. For all his athletic skill, I didn't think it came to him very quickly. I thought it was a lot of hesitation in his throws and his delivery. Now, maybe they've changed the offense to modify it around DJ. This is what we're looking for today as handicappers going forward. But, you know, Georgia Tech played them well last year. I mean, their defense rallied. They just couldn't make a play in the passing game. And I think if that happens, Dabo knows, Dabo knows that for him to win, to be where he wants to be. He needs blue chip play at quarterback. Yeah, I'm looking at another under. Remember, 14-8 last year was the final. We're up to 51 on the total. Michael, this defense, Clemson seemingly has four pros in Brazil and Davis and Murphy and Thomas across that defensive front. They're comparing and it to TJ the 2018 Hunt, defensive and got, front. Yeah, and exactly. yeah, they got Henry too. I mean, they got Jeremiah Trotter's son in there. He plays middle linebacker. I mean, this is a really – I mean, look, I think the unders in play strongly here because I'm not sure either team's explosive offensively. We talk about both quarterbacks, but, you know, I I think Sims is a guy that shows talent. He hasn't showed a lot of consistent play. 100%. It's an elite defense. Um, The under is 20-6 and in the Tigers' last 26 games in September overall. Uh, I expect that to continue this evening. Uh, This is going to be, they're going to hang their hat on that defense and hope the offense gels and gets better there with nine returning starters on offense there at Clemson. Yeah, this is, I mean, Jeff Collins is, you know, this is, he got down there from Temple. He's built, you know, like Matt Rule, he had it going, but it hasn't really come together for him. It really hasn't. And I think ultimately this is a big, this is a big game for both teams. Both teams kind of 
just to get some credibility back at Georgia Tech. Because Georgia Tech alumni are not exactly happy. People think Georgia Tech's just an academic school. I mean, Bobby Dodds, they, they have a history of football, and they want to be at a higher level. You know, they changed They changed it, went back to a pro system. They got out of that Navy offense. But, I mean, I, th- I think this is a big game for – it's a huge game for Jeff Collins' program as we move forward. Because if they, don't, if they look bad, they're going to be a team that the line is probably going to have a hard time adjusting to. By the way, Clubdick, if you're winning back-to-back state champs in Texas, in the state of Texas at Westlake, uh, that's pretty damn good, right? The competition Great there school. is wild. Breeze, yeah. I think Breeze, but Baker, all those kids have gone there. 100%. Okay, how'd the books do yesterday, week one, college football? We'll find out next. Thomas Gable Borgata joins us here on a Labor Day edition of the Lombardi Line. It's v the Sports Betting Network. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, become a VSIN pro. That's the only way to get the college football betting guides, the only way to get the pro football betting guide, point spread weekly, the splits, everything we offer. And right now, you can get it half off, 175 bucks. It really, if you become a VSIN pro, it's about 70 cents a day. You can afford that to make some money over a long football season. Remember, this offer goes through the Super Bowl. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe for all your options. Or you can join us for 40 bucks a month and see everything vcin has to offer to up your betting game. It's vcin.com slash subscribe for more information. The betting guides are just invaluable. I encourage you to go check them out. We got you back here on a Lombardi line on Labor Day 2022. I'm Patrick Maher. He, of course, is Michael Lombardi. This is vcin, the sports betting network. Hope you're having a nice weekend as we extend into Labor Day Monday. By the way, Chris Felica, our buddy over at Game Day, who had a hell of a day, mm-hmm. hell of a weekend picking games in college football. He agrees with the under Clemson, Georgia Tech, which Michael Lombardi and I concur as well. That's 51 on the board. Speaking of the board, let's go to the Borgata and say hi to Thomas Gable. He runs the race and sports book there at the Borgata in Atlantic City. And we say hi, Thomas. How are you? Doing well, guys. Uh, happy Labor Day to you both. And happy Labor Day yeah, to you. Happy Labor Thomas. Day to you. This is a big, hey, Thomas, I mean, Patrick doesn't know. This is a huge day here on the Jersey Shore. This is a lot of people are off. I bet the book's packed and crowded. And I would like to know one thing. When you were at, the, I don't know if you were at the book last night, but the reaction to the miss extra point had to be staggering. Uh, you know, Michael, I was not here. I was home at that point last night. Um, I'm sure it was, though. I'm, I'm sure it was. It was just uh, the watching that game. Listen, I'm not a uh, never coach football on any level, including middle school. I haven't coached, but just watching that, that, that I the coaching decisions I left me scratching my head on some of those plays. Yeah, me too. Me too. Did it close four and a half there? A did it? Did did it close LSU four and a half there? Because I see most books close four, but I got a couple closing four and a half last night. Yeah, we actually closed four and a half. Um, it was a good result, good result for the house. Uh, LSU getting bet up there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was a heck of an ending. Um, entertaining game, not exactly the most well-played or well-coached game, but uh, entertaining nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. It was it was a hell of a game. It was a wild ride over that last fourth. Uh, okay, let's go tonight. We were just talking about the total, which I got the total Clemson Georgia Tech open opening fifty and a half. Now it's been bet up a little bit to fifty one. Where did you open on the side, and where do you sit on the side? Because I saw some books open as low as eighteen with Clemson laying it. Yeah, we actually opened nineteen, 
And uh, we opened total 50. Now, the total did get down to, to 49 at one point. Now, as you said, it's up to 51. And uh, the the side here, Clemson's currently laying 24. So big, big number. Uh, they, they are certainly getting bet here. They're betting Clemson first half, uh, laying the 13 and a half on the first half line. Uh, and the overs, you know, it, it is getting bad. We, we have some liability right now to the over, both uh, full game and first half over. Uh, first half is uh, 27 and a half is the, uh, the first half total there. And the, for, what was the first half number, Thomas? 13 and a half. 13 and a half. Wow. Yeah, I think that 14 and 8 game from last year is sticking in, in, in the book's memory. I mean, because I don't know how Georgia Tech's going to block them up front. I think that's going to be a real issue in terms of keeping this thing as close as they can. Sims is going to be having to make plays running around to me just based on this matchup. Yeah, I, it's certainly not a good matchup here for Georgia Tech uh, going up against that Clemson defense. Uh, obviously, what we want to see is how well the, the Clemson offense looks to, compared to what, what they were last year. Uh, that's going to be the, uh, uh, the thing that I'm most interested in seeing. We know, we know what they are on defense. Uh, they have some pros there on that side of the ball, but uh, I'm really interested to see what this offense looks like. Overall for the book, week one will be in the books tonight after Clemson and Georgia Tech, but how'd the book do week one college football at the Borgata? Uh, couldn't have went any better, in, in my opinion, Patrick. It's uh, we, we held really well. We had a, a big right. So, um, you know, only a handful of decisions didn't go our way on Saturday. So uh, I certainly can't complain. We got off to a great start for, for college week one. Uh, very, very happy. And, and how about the traction on week one in the NFL? Are you getting any early bets of the week? I know teams have a lot of teams took off this weekend. Players are coming back in the building today. So we'll see based on where the health wise some of these teams are. We'll get some medical injury reports update. But what's been the game that seems to have the drawn the most interest as you start this week off? So <clears throat> yeah, we can maybe touch on a few of the games that we we've seen some uh, some movement on and um, we'll actually kind of go to to the end of Sunday, which is the uh, the primetime game there. Tampa going to Dallas. Tampa's only laying a, a point and a half now. And, you know, we opened this Tampa lane two and a half, uh, got down to one at one point. Um, but what we've seen here is it's interesting because we, we saw some money come in on Dallas when Brady took his leave of absence there from training camp. And obviously the, the circumstances behind that were, were murky at the time. Nobody really knew what was going on, if it was, was planned, not planned. And I'll just say it was respected money that did come in on Dallas at that point. Um, and they, they took the two. Um, we were, they were putting in, um, they were just getting bet um, almost every day, Dallas was. So it was interesting. We, we Right now, we, we definitely have liability on Dallas in that game right now. That's the primetime game Sunday night. Uh, the the other week one games that uh, I think we, we've definitely seen some movement here. The the Chiefs uh, on the road against Arizona. The Chiefs uh, opened as three point favorites. That's gone through that key number now. So they're up to four and a half point favorites. Uh, that could potentially go higher. And uh, of course, uh, our somewhat hometown team, the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, laying four there on the road to Detroit. 
Eagles are getting bet heavily here. I, I do expect that number as well to get higher by on game day. And uh, the Niners and the Bears, of course, up to a key number of seven. Niners laying seven on the road to Chicago. And I think if there's one theme that we're seeing early on from betters, they are fading the, we'll say, quote-unquote, bad teams or the teams that are expected to really struggle this year. So you're seeing uh, people come in, fade the Bears, and, you know, lay the points with the Niners. Uh, you're seeing them fade the Texans and laying that big eight-and-a-half number there with the Colts. Um, and the same with the uh, the Saints and the Falcons game, which I know we talked about a little bit last Monday. That number has grown from where we opened at three-and-a-half, uh, now currently sitting at five-and-a-half. And the thing to remember, all of these games, they have been on the board since mid-May. So they, they have been on the board for three-and-a-half months now. So people have had a chance to get better numbers. Um, this uh, Browns-Steelers, or I'm sorry, Browns-Panthers game, you, you've seen a uh, big movement in that simply due to what has transpired with personnel. Watson is uh, suspended. You know, Browns opened as a four-and-a-half-point favorite there mid-May. End of June, you could still get plus three on Carolina. Uh, then, obviously, they signed Baker, and now the Panthers are two-and-a-half-point favorites in that one, and the Panthers have been getting that lately uh, off that news. So a lot of movement. When there always will be a lot of movement when you have games on the board for this long uh, and the public can bet into them. But that's just a little bit of synopsis of what we've seen so far heading into week one. The stunner for me, and Michael, I'll get Thomas's take and then follow up with you. The stunner for me is it looks like the Giants are getting bet. Remember for new bettors, three, seven, six in that order, the key numbers in NFL betting. And we've seen the Giants, that number pushed to five and a half. So Tennessee opened six and a half. It's down to five and a half through that key number of six. Is that where you're sitting at the Borgata? So I'm still at six, Patrick. And okay. We we do have more money on the Titans uh, as we stand. Uh, more tickets have been written on the Giants, which, of course, we do take a lot of Giants money here, uh, along with the Jets. Uh, the two New York teams get, get bet in Atlantic City. But uh, we, we are still at six, and uh, we do have uh, uh, probably Titans. Uh, the money split right now, I would say, is about 60-40 uh, right now, uh, with 60% of the money on Titans. You know, Thomas, what I always do every Monday is see, you know, because these games have been on the board, as you say, is to see how much action one team is getting. Like Indy on my board, not yours. This is why they're all different. Only 4% of the money's in on Indy. You know, only 5% on Cleveland. Only 8%. There seems to be a general sense that that these teams that, that are supposed to cover these numbers maybe not cover them. And the game I wanted to hit you on is Detroit. That number hasn't moved and yet it seems like everybody's betting Philly. Well, they're certainly betting Philly here, and I do expect that number to move. So I, I think, uh, you know, if you if you are back in the Eagles, uh, I would expect a lot of uh, money to come in on the Eagles the day of. And again, not just here locally. Uh, you know, the Eagles have, we've talked about many times, they're a team that a lot of people are high on across the country. So uh, look at that Eagles number now. Thomas, just quickly, yep. have you budged off two and a half with Buffalo? Because we're going to come back and discuss that game. Buffalo, Rams, two and a half. Have you budged? No, we, uh, we're we still at two and a half. Bill's laying two and a half there. Thank you, TG. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks, TG. See you Thursday, All my right, man. Thanks, Thank you. We yep. will come back and discuss that one. Rams, of course, hosting the Bills, two and a half. Lombardi line.
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives, like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, BetMGM customers, take note, because if you have a friend who loves sports betting as much as you do, here's a chance for both of you to earn $50 as we head into the NFL season. Sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account. Click on the Refer a Friend program right up in the upper right-hand corner to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up, you're good. You get 50 bucks, he or she gets 50 bucks. It's good to go. You're going to receive the $50 bonus as well. So, again, share the excitement at BetMGM and get $50 bonus for you and your friend. All promotions are subject to qualifications, eligibility requirements. You've got to be 21 years or older. If you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. And Nevada. Okay. Um, Michael Lombardi there in New Jersey. He's back home. I'm Patrick Maher here in Los Angeles. And the next time you and I speak will be on Thursday, and we officially kick off the NFL season with the Rams hosting the Bills. The market's obsessed with the Bills. The market, the awards, obsessed with the Bills. Josh Allen, your MVP favorite. Here's, let's lay this out. It's two and a half right now. The Bills are laying it at SoFi and the Rams. The number really hasn't budged. You had an opener of 52 on the total. We're up to 53 and a half. We know a lot about the depth. We know a lot about the Bills. Let's start here. The one unknown, they go from Dayball to Dorsey. Do you expect Dorsey as the OC to change anything up there as far as how he runs the offense? And they hired Aaron Cromer as their new line coach. So they've kind of changed the offensive coordinator line coach, two of the most position, most important positions on the team. And But I don't think this is going to affect them. I think they know who they are. I think Sean McDermott knows exactly what he wants out of his offense. I think Josh Allen knows after these years of what they've been able to accomplish and after that game against the Patriots, what their offense needs to generate and how it needs to operate. So I don't anticipate that. This game opened up with the Rams and it flopped immediately. Remember, Patrick? I mean, it opened up with the Rams as a favorite. It went right to Buffalo, didn't it? Isn't that, isn't that aren't, open, so, open Rams one at most shops and now it's sitting two the other way. Yeah. Two and a yeah. half. I mean, there will be there will be there will be a Buffalo presence in Los Angeles. There's no doubt. The Bills fan, the Bills mafia will travel, and you will we'll, we'll see that. I I just think to me, one thing early games last year, Buffalo struggled. Remember, they had a punt block last year against Pittsburgh. Special teams, Brian Kellyish, right? And Pittsburgh had no business winning that game. Their execution was horrible. Buffalo was able to execute in the opener. And they still lost the game. They got beat. I think Buffalo is a different team. What I liked and what we said yesterday on the show with Randy Mueller is Buffalo's energy, their intensity, their playing in the moment. And as good as the Rams played last year, I just think Buffalo is the better team. I can understand why they're the favorite in this game. You know, the Bills certainly seem to be accepting or relishing the immediacy of this season, right? There is the expectations are sky high. That seems to be the vibe coming out of the summer as we head into the fall and the football season. A couple of things here. I will say just to push back on this matchup and you take a look at the betting profile, we can throw that up for Stephen Bond's bills. Win total set at 11 and a half at BetMGM. You got to pay big time juice, $1.50 to the over. I mean, as far as Super Bowl conference division, they're favorites across the board. Let me just say this. You could carve the Rams up by throwing the football last year, but you couldn't really run against them. We understand mm-hmm. Buffalo's base is starts with the run, including the quarterback. The team was 0-4 last season when they rushed for fewer than 100 yards. The, the matchup isn't terrible in that regard as far as the Rams are concerned. 
No, I, I don't think it is. I mean, look, the one thing that you got to give, look, this matchup is going to be Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier versus Sean McVay. And the one thing McVay has going for him is he he has, as they're not changing what they do defensively. So McVay's had all offseason to prepare for this game, just like they've had all offseason. The more unpredictable defense in terms of scheme is Raheem Morris's. So I, I think without without Tredarius White, they're going to start a rookie at right corner and, and the alarm kid who they picked in the first round. So they're going to play him at corner. You know, the, the secondary, uh, Poyer's been injured, but they say he's going to play. I think it gives them an opportunity. They'll know what they'll win. I fully expect the Rams to move the ball, even though the Bills are, in, are viewed as an elite defense and they finished, what, number one in the NFL in defense last year? You know, you could move the ball. You could throw the ball, like you said, on because they're a zone-based team. They're a quarters covers team, and McVay's very good when he has time to prepare for it. So I, I, I'm surprised the over has ticked down. I thought it would tick up. I think this is going to be an offensive. I think this is going to be a back-and-forth game. Both offenses move the football. Oh, I think it's going to be back-and-forth. I think it's going to be a shootout. I totally agree with you. I think the Rams are going to be eager. They're they're the defending champs, Michael Lombardi, and they've got a team that got bounced last year in the postseason, of course, in Kansas City as favorites. McVay's young. He's ahead of the game on all of this. He's going to use the two-and-a-half as motivation. We get that. Um, question for you, not necessarily a question, but I think something you and I have been discussing is the availability as far as Stafford doing everything. It looks like he is medically cleared to do everything on the field. And they're making a point to say it. You know, they're making a point to say it. But here's where I think it's interesting, right? When you go through Buffalo's schedule last year, okay, and you really, you really pay attention to it. You know, they finished first in points allowed, first in yards allowed. Okay, so we go through it. Week five, they played Patrick Mahomes. Okay, league quarterback. We'll say he's in. He he's in my top ten quarterbacks. There's no denying it. Then they played Brady in week fourteen, top ten quarterback. Right. Then they played the Kansas City Chiefs again in week in, in the divisional round, top five. Other than that, Patrick, they didn't play anybody else. I mean, Mac Jones isn't a top 10 quarterback. Ryan Tannehill's not one. New Orleans didn't have one. The Jets don't have – I mean, they didn't play one. And when you break their team down in those games and you study – I mean, they gave up 552 yards in the divisional ground. 552 they gave up. You know, when they played Brady, they gave 488 up. So, you know, I just think to me this – they're going to move the ball – The McVay's too good, and and they're too good to not move the football in this game. I mean, I literally wrote down Buffalo's secondary was great overall statistically, but didn't deal with a slew of great quarterbacks. That's I wrote the same thing down that you were just saying. So I, I just, look, I think the champs are getting disrespected here with the Rams. I think McVay's going to use that as motivation. But again, the immediacy, you do like the acceptance. McDermott didn't accept the blame for what he did in, in Kansas City, which he should have, but it does feel like they're relishing the role. And I think the acceptance of expectations for the Bills this year, I think you got to go into it like that. No doubt. You know, and, and look, you know, we talk about the running game, but the Bills running game, Allen's going to run the ball. There's no denying that. And Raheem Morris will cause some problems for them with his scheme and how he adjusts to that. You know, and, and they've got people in the secondary. They get Trey Hill back, who they really loved as the nickel corner, which will help. But the Bills are good offensively. There's no denying it. I mean, you know, I know they drafted Cook in the second round. We'll see if they get him going. Singletary, Moss, they've got guys. But th- this is all comes down to Josh Allen. 
It comes down to Josh Allen, and it comes down to their inside offensive line. Can Saffold be the guy that can block at left guard against Aaron Donald? I think that's a question mark. Can Ryan Bates be the guy at right ta- at right guard? You know, he's bounced around the league quite a bit. Their inside is older and not as talented as you think. Now, he makes up for it because of his movement. There's no denying it. But I just think, to me, when you watch this game, the Bills are getting so much love, we forgot the Super Bowl champs are still the Super Bowl champs, as John Madden said. Nobody's dethroned them. And they can move the ball effectively on anybody. There's no denying that. And their defense, when they want to pl- when they play – you know, they can make you play left-handed because Mahim's a really good defense coordinator. The matchups in this game aren't as tilted coaching-wise as you might think. And I, I think the ability to stop the run for the Rams is going to be huge here. Remember, the Rams didn't allow more than 100 yards on the ground in 13 games last year. They go 11-2 and two but, in those 13. That is, I mean, this you, is... You, you know, Dayball didn't even want to run the ball last year. He would have just been, I mean... He would have just started out just throwing it every – he did. There many games, he just come out throwing it. He didn't want to run it. And then where they kind of got to is when they were able to run the ball with, with Josh Allen. And when they got down the red zone, all of a sudden he became the lead runner. So, you know, I, I think they go into this game saying, look, we're not going to try to run the ball in the Rams. We're going to throw this thing. We're going to spread it out. We're going to get our playmakers the football. And, you know, I don't get the sense that they feel like they've got to slow the game down by run. If they try to establish the run, Buffalo, unless Josh Allen's establishing it, they're not going to establish anything in the run game. And that's kind of what I mean by the run game. It starts with Allen. They have good backs, that's but it. really, <laughs> he's such an athlete. Uh, over at DraftKings, uh, regular season passing yards prop on Josh Allen, he set at 4,400 and a half. So four thousand four hundred and a half. If you were just to take a stab at that, would you go over I'd go passing over yards for Allen? I would. I would. I would. I, I think he's going to throw it. I think he's going to look. They're going to play better quarterbacks this year, and when you play better quarterbacks, you're going to have to th- score more points. I mean, we just went through their schedule last year, and and look, they did it. But when they they didn't play quarterbacks, they just didn't play good quarterbacks. They played average quarterbacks or young quarterbacks. They didn't play the elite quarterbacks. They're going to have to play better quarterbacks this year. Now, that's not saying they can't win. I love Buffalo's team, but I think it's going to be harder. 4,400 and a half for Allen. Last year, he threw for 4,407 yards, so right around the total from last year. Last week, we started with where'd the number open, where's it sitting, and where's it going to close? Week one in the NFL will continue with Michael Lombardi next here on the Lombardi Line. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.